Hello and welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm Beth, a creator-based coach with CMH Coaching for Life. I'm here today to help you and those you love create a life you feel grounded and at home in. Think of a life where you feel peace, love for those around you, and in a flow with just enough challenge to keep you happy and creating something wonderful. Sounds like magic, but it's not. You can create that life every single day. You can have a life full of love, excitement, hope, and creation. Our mission at CMH Coaching is to flood the earth with light through compassion, mindfulness, and hope. And I'm going to ask a favor of you. If you like what you see and hear today, think of someone you know that would enjoy and benefit from this message. Our mission is to flood the world with compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Share this with them. But for now, this is time just for you. So settle into whatever you're doing and enjoy this time with the girls where we create that one awesome, amazing, perfect life every one of us is seeking. You know, I had it hooked up to my um, my speakers from when I was listening to music. Sorry about that. Oh. I had some great music going earlier. It was super fun. I'm in love with Spotify. Well, there we go. We are there with the 50-50 girls. Hi, ladies. It's Hi, ladies. It's a great day and a really happy Monday. I'm just loving this Monday. 
the sun's shining. It's 75 degrees here. It is great. <laughs> JC, are you still snowing? Not snowing, but we had one nice day and then it's again just in the 40s again today. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> it's early spring. The never ending winter. That's how it feels here. here. Yeah. Are you guys usually in spring by now? Oh, yeah, it's 80 degrees usually. I mean, we're usually irrigating and yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> really unusual for you then. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm kind of going through withdrawals, but it's okay. I know it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's, coming. it's coming. It'll be great. Yes. <sighs> I'm loving it. Yep. Well, I won't tell you about my tomato plants or anything like that. <gasps> We'll just that's amazing. No, I can be happy for you. Okay. They are like this big now and bushy, big bushy tomato plants. Oh. Really happy. And my strawberries are all coming in. But wow. Man, it's just lovely. I'm I'm loving it. Just so glad to finally be outside. I find I get a little bit down in the dumps before mm -hmm. spring comes. You just kind of have to work with your thought management to keep yourself in forward momentum when you're still waiting on the snow, but I'm sure you know that. <laughs> it is. What's it doing in uh, Virginia, Jen? Oh, we've had like a really good week of like warm weather. And then today was there, like yesterday it was 80 and today it's like 50 something. Oh, wow. But, yeah. But, we're, but we've had a really warm spring. And so huh. it can be a little a little scary for the fruit. We're, we're in the apple capital here and mm -hmm. peach, a lot of peaches, because our frost date isn't until May 15th. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we could have a frost that could really be detrimental to the, to the, to the trees. All so, of the, everybody's like really like, you know, I'm praying it doesn't happen. And like my peonies are like, almost like two feet tall. They're ready to start blooming soon. And oh I'm like, my gosh. I know wow. if, if this frost comes, it's going to get them. And so I'm just like, ah. yeah. Wow. Do you yeah. ever cover them like with a big sheet? If it, if oh, it's yeah. going to have frost. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, ha we have to do that. I've done that before. And like even earlier, um, I had to cover them. They weren't, they were still small. I, I just put like, um, other like pots over them because we had yeah. a frost back there but because wow. we've had to do that go out and spread sheets over the garden beds you know mm -hmm. mm -hmm. but it's remarkable what just that little bit of cover will do to protect them yeah. yep yeah it mm -hmm. is cool well we are here for our last threesome yeah do you want to record Thanks. I do want to record. See, you're so good. You know, I taught a class yesterday, um, a family history class for our ward, and I forgot to push record, and we missed the whole first half of the class. So this is me pushing record. There. Okay. So we are here for our last threesome conversation on the perfect life. The 50-50 life being the perfect life we're talking about here, right? The right. idea that uh, life is 50% good and 50% not so good, but um, we can enjoy both sides, both the great and the not so great. And this is our last because next week, Jacine's invited a special guest speaker mm -hmm. for us. You want to talk to us about our guest speaker before we get started? 
Yes, her name is Kaisa, and Kaisa is um, at the end of her 20s, and she is actually has her own um, Facebook, and she's really big on TikTok, and she calls it Mental Health Naps. And so if you guys want to check her out beforehand, you are more than welcome to, but um, I have known Kaisa a very long time, and perfectionism is, is a great topic that you guys will love to hear about her journey with perfectionism. Yeah. Kaisa is super cool. I'm very excited to have her come visit. I just really love her as a person. So tune in next week. If you don't already have plans, put it on your calendar because it's going to be a great conversation. But for this week, we're talking about perfect And this week, it's about claiming your personal power in perfection in your life. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I first started thinking of a perfect life as a 50-50 life, that gave me empowerment right there, just to recognize that my life could be perfect and still have bumps in it was a huge, a huge deal. Yeah. Um, I always had this idea that a perfect life meant a life with no problems. (laughs) And I was always striving for the life with no problems, of course, never getting there. And then building these stories and all of these thoughts about how terrible I was because I couldn't get the perfect life. Mm -hmm. Just embracing that a life was 50-50 was a huge deal for me. And was this not perfect life, somebody else's life? It wasn't yours. No. It wasn't your ideal. It was somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just think back to all the, to the fairy tales, you know, the fairy tales when I was a young kid, they're better now, but it was always ended with, and they lived happily ever after. So after this one event and they get through that one struggle, or, you know, maybe it was a series of several struggles, but it was always, oh, you have Prince Charming and now you live happily ever after. And so I, for me personally, it gave me that false sense of, oh, it, my life must not be perfect because. Yeah. Yeah. Because I keep having struggles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I love that. I was just listening to a podcast. I think maybe it's one you introduced me to, Jason. They were talking about Disney princesses and how Disney princesses have evolved over the years. Um, It was the Magnify podcast. Magnify. I haven't listened to that one, but yeah. Yeah. She was talking about how the early Disney princesses were all um, something, they would be in a bad situation. Then something would happen to them where they fell asleep and then they would wake up to Prince Charming and everything would be perfect. (laughs) <laughs> they were saved, right? They they had to get they rescued. Were saved. They were yeah. yeah. Well, what's interesting is when you look at the modern Disney princesses, they have a problem or the world has a problem and they go off to save the world and they're actively involved all the way through. Yep. And then they live happily ever after. They still have their prince, they still have their love, but they're they're not asleep in their life. And that was the message was don't be asleep in your life. You know, That's be awesome. actively involved. And it was great. There's a great book, a children's book called The Paper Bag Princess. Have you ever read that one? No. It's about her rescuing herself. Oh, cool. Called The Paper Bag Princess. It's it's really cute. It's really cute. The Paper Bag, a message of empowerment. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'll have to look that up for my granddaughters. That's really neat. You'll laugh. 
Yeah. I think in the book, she calls the prince a doofus or something. She just is all like, you know, she, she's like, oh. I'm going to rescue myself. I don't need you type thing. Really I'm fun. not going to do it. I need yeah. to do it. I love it. Well, that's all, that's all claiming our personal power, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. one of the things that I learned when I started to study perfectionism was that there's, of course, we st- talked about maladaptive and adaptive perfectionism, but an adaptive perfectionist will choose. She'll choose either consciously or unconsciously to harness the power of the perfectionism in her to help you, to help her and to heal her. Mm. And this, when they use that word harness, JC, I thought of you immediately because the horses. Yeah. Mm. So can you talk to us about the purpose of a harness with horses and why that's important? We call it a bridle. Yeah. A bridle with, with horses. And, um, even so a bridle is actually, there's a bit that's attached to it and it goes in the horse's mouth and it helps to steer the horse in the right direction. And it does, you don't need very much pressure. You don't have to like reef on it. A lot of Like with my horses anyway, I just use my pinky finger. And it's like, if I do it on the right-hand side, that means, hey, we're going to turn to the right or on the left. So, but it helps us to be able to help them go in the right direction. Well, because they're really powerful, right? I mean, they they want to. Yeah, and it doesn't, but it doesn't take much, right? Once that's in their mouth and they have it and they're used to it, they're like, oh, okay, this is what you would like me to do now. So it, it, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the idea with it being in their mouth? Why is it in their mouth? That's... That's a great question. My mouth is yeah. super sensitive. Just it's the idea very of sensitive. something in yeah. my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had something there, and in fact, right. that's how that's how I taught my granddaughters. Like when they first learned how to write, I didn't put something in their mouth, right. but I had them like hang on to a rope kind of up here by their face. And I uh-huh. said, if I, if I pull back hard on that, how's that going to feel? Right? right. Or if I'm yanking. So it was just teaching them that it, you can be gentle and get the message across. You know, it doesn't have to be a reef for the message, but it's just a gentle little here nudge. It's a little nudge. Here we are. It, it brings me back to that that song that we talked about last week. I will be gentle with myself. Yeah. And yeah. I will only go as fast as the slowest part of me wants to go. I will be mm-hmm. gentle with myself. Okay, so the idea of harnessing the power of our personal perfectionism, because we're all perfectionists, all three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever figure out what kind you were, JC? I am, which is, it's contradictive, kind of, but it, I think it just makes me well-rounded. So I'm okay. 40, I'm 43% classic perfectionist. So that probably doesn't surprise you with all of the things that I brought up, you know, with my perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I am 29% messy perfectionist. So isn't that, I was like, oh, that's really, and it it just brings in that balance 50, 50, right? Not quite 50, 50, but you've got that balance that helps balance you out. So I thought that was really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Mine was Parisian and classic kind of only at my Parisian was like 69%. I mean, I just. That's you are just very me. much. Yeah. yeah. I've heard a reason. That's me. Yeah. 
but the classic was my secondary and I didn't have any real messy or any procrastinator. That's just weren't my parts. Both of those, the Parisian and procrastinator were 14% for me each 50, yeah. 50 on those two. What were you, Jeff? Oh, I'm procrastinator messy. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I just love it. Okay. So <laughs> then how could we harness the power of perfectionism to help us like with the idea of harnessing or working with a bridle for ourselves, what ideas do you guys have? With that? Mm. My first thought for me was boundaries mm-hmm. because the bridle or the harness takes the power of the horse. What were you going to say? No, it just, it does create boundaries, right? How? With, with the bridle. So if I want the horse to go straight, I'm just going to keep that bridle straight. And so it creates that boundaries where they're not like wandering up and maybe there's a cliff on this other side that they don't know is there. Right. But that those boundaries, it, that harness. You're giving them a boundary with the bridle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah straight I can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's also direction. Like you're saying, cause I guess that the bit moves in their mouth. And so if you slightly move it to a certain way, you're giving them like that, the boundary, but the direction to go in the the certain way. Yeah. 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 Clarity. It gives them clarity. Clarity. Yeah. Boundaries. Clarity. That makes makes perfect sense. So a perfectionist who isn't managing, who doesn't have that harness, they could get deep in their inner critic, right? the like that inner critic could bring up all kinds of self-loathing or criticism or just lots of negativity and they could have that cycle of false identity mm-hmm. kind of like it was I was talking to a client just a few minutes ago and telling her about how I felt like when my kids were young and they were all out of whack how I felt like such a failure because I didn't have any boundary in place for myself and I was in that maladaptive space but mm-hmm. let's and then our, my identity had no longer been, I wasn't a good mom. That was just, I, I was a failure. That was my identity at the time. So let's just talk about what do you think a negative cycle of false identity would look like? For me, that was, I was a failure as a mom. Of course, I did harness my power and gain some insight and a lot of information. And that helped me a lot. Part of it was when I gained the information was I shifted out of a victim place mm-hmm. and into a creator place. And that was huge for me, you know, into that empowerment dynamic idea of the triangle, you know, where I went from that passive victim, my kids were acting upon me. They were just taking over my life and I was out of control to being the creator. I was the one in charge of my family and I was creating that place. So that was one of the ways I did it. Have you guys been in that cycle before? of false identity without the boundaries where things were just all out of whack. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One cup to mind. Um, <clears throat> I think it's more like periods of my life until I realized I was acting in that perfectionist state, you know, because uh-huh. um, it's kind of, what I talked about before, at least for me, it's like that that I was trying to achieve or create was somebody else's ideal that I would say, but it wasn't for me, um, uh-huh. you know, like, cause one of the things it was like, Oh, if my house wasn't perfectly clean, I was a bad person because I was a bad housekeeper and I was a bad wife, you know, oh, yeah. and I'm all like, mm-hmm. what, you know? And, 
you know, I think there's a, yes, there's a level of cleanliness we should have, you know, it's just hygienically, you know, where is this is good for our health, but, you know, to some degree, I let it go too far. And it was just like, every little thing had to be in its little space. And, and, mm-hmm. and I was able to kind of release that because it was driving me crazy. And I was able to release that. And, and but I kind of went to the opposite extreme and kind of refused to clean. Right. <laughs> And then had to come back. Where is it supposed to be? What's healthy for me? What is good? Oh, you know? Know. Yeah. And and getting married really helped that one too, because often there's another person in your in your life and and doing that. But so I think there's just times in my life I've I've been in that perfection state and I've had to say, is this really my voice or is it somebody else telling me I need to be this way? Yeah. And you embraced success on your own terms. So that it was your personal real success. Um, It goes back to remembering what a perfect is. Perfect Mm -hmm. is whole and complete. And that means each of us is perfect right here, right now, as we are whole and complete. What about you, Jacene? Do you have a, a time when you struggled with that negative cycle of false identity? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this struggle with, um, trying to have my body be perfect. So I got really into, um, weightlifting and running. So I was doing both, you know, it was like two hours a day before I went to work to try and just have this perfect body. And we, as women have cycles, right? (laughs) So during some of those cycles, you just, your body just takes over. And for me, I was very, very, um, not kind to myself during those times. A lot of negative self-talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the perfectionism was like, well, I should be able to control this, you know, the, the bloating, the pain, the, if I do this, then this, right. I should have total control so that I can be perfect all the time. And, I wish I would have had something like this back then to say and had this knowledge to be able to tell myself, okay, this is the 50 part, right? Because honestly, I probably had two really good weeks a month um, because I had the PMS and then I had the full week of the cycle and then then you landed in the happy place for a few days and then you started again. Right. So, you know, it, it is normal, but for me, it was absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, all those That's thoughts. That's unacceptable. Right? Yes. Yeah, all yes. those thoughts. And what, what blows my mind is as perfectionists, we're so into control. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But control isn't power. Control no. is just making rules and trying to manip- manipulate things. What uh, power, I think, is the real thing. Power, knowing that you're whole and complete knowing that you're perfect and coming from that authentic place, that's where you're coming from now, right? Before I'll control, control my food. Uh, For me, um, I weighed a lot more than I, than I do now. And for years and years and years, I was nearly a hundred pounds heavier. And I always had it my entire life because I was a chubby kid and then went on to be an overweight adult. Always when I got to be a size eight, that was my thing. When I got to be a size eight, And when I finally figured out how to do that and how to work with myself, I got to a size six, which was really cool. But you know what? I was still me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, all these years, I thought it was like the end of the rainbow, the pot of gold, the thing. And I got there and I had the jeans on and it was all great. And I celebrated and I woke up the next day and I was still the same me because it was control and not power, right? not the acceptance of being whole and complete and perfect that I'm in a great place right now. You know, can yeah. I say something about this? Cause yeah. we talked a little bit earlier about this and I, I have, I have this really like hard time with the word control. Well, because yeah. I've been controlled in my life, you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. and so it feels I feel so manipulative. Well, and it can be. Yes. So I like, okay, you know, maybe there's another word that could be part of control. And I actually um, read the definition, different definitions of control. control right. Do it's share. A, control <laughs> yes, please. Just like the 50 50. Okay. So, okay. So first, the first one, because when we think of control, I always think of the bad thing. So this is the, 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 the negative, at least to me, definition. Control or dominance over someone or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you in charge the, of the management. You're controlling the yeah. situation. And the words they had underneath it even kind of get more to that. Authority, dominance, dominion, supremacy. And even power came up in that one. Okay. Yep. And I was like, oh yeah. And then there was two other ones. I'm like, oh. And so the other one was another definition of control is the process or act of managing, running, or governing. Oh, governing. Yeah. 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 And so the, the like word the bridal. Yes. Governing. So the word, the words under that was guidance, stewardship, and mastery. Oh, I love stewardship. That's one of my yeah, favorite. Things. Right. I was thinking, okay, so now I can see how control can have that bent. Mm-hmm. And then the then the other one I really liked was the the definition of proficiency or mastery in executing a task or skill. Mm-hmm. And right. the words were balance, proficiency, skill, skillfulness, ability, adeptness, composure, and grasp. And I thought, you know, oh, sure. what a lovely, lovely word for that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those words, because really I'm trying to control part of myself in a better way, uh-huh. you know, to have a better outcome. Uh-huh. And so I'm not trying to be, but you're trying like, to guide. Yes. I'm not trying to be, you know, suppressive and dominant. Because that's just not healthy. Right. And what kind of, what kind of, honestly, what kind of reaction am I going to get out of myself if that's what I'm trying to do? Forget that. But like, if I'm trying to guide myself, if I'm trying to have mastery or grasp on something or proficiency or adeptness, I'm like, I'm all for those words of that definition of control. So I just kind of went into this, like this afternoon, this little dive into the words. And I just, yeah. Maybe well, I'm going to have a better about, relationship with control now. Who knows? <laughs> think about controlling in the point of a guidance or a suit or a stewardship. There's a lot of love involved mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of um, soft strength, yes. right? A lot mm-hmm. of knowing who you are mm-hmm. and why you're important and why you're worth all of that kind of work that you're doing for yourself. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Um, I want to read a little bit out of the perfectionist guide, just a little bit. 
she talks about maladaptive, like she, you know, always through maladaptive and adaptive, but this is um, the dependency on everything needing to be just so. Mm -hmm. And um, she's talking about object perfectionism. Like my tabletop needs to be clear or I need to have the fork in the right place, um, that external object. But she's talking about how she had Christmas and it was all, she had it all perfect right down to her little plaid pencil skirt and her cardigan, right? Everything was perfect. And she said, the reason she did that, she realized, realized at the end was once everyone else was all set, then she could feel connected and centered and whole. Mm -hmm. But, and then her job would be done and she could finally relax and enjoy the moment. She would have earned joy. Ah, earned it. Okay, so think about earning joy. It doesn't work that way, right? Mm -hmm. So she Mm -hmm. made her joy contingent on her performance. On her perfectionism, yeah. um, Instead of on her existence. Mm-hmm. We're entitled to joy because we're here, because we're whole and complete right now. She says, in this case, her performance centered around her ability to successfully control other people by making them feel relaxed and happy. <laughs> she them. had everything perfect. She could do that. I'm I told you relax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, she could have looked into giving herself permission to experience joy without condition and mm-hmm. just letting the people who attended be who, with, who they are and enjoying it. She says, each type of perfectionist has their own way of expressing the dynamics inherent in maladaptive perfectionism. But regardless of the context, the raw formula is the same. Mm. When we're captive or separated from our self-worth and we think restoring our worth is based on an external outcome. Mm -hmm. When I get this project started, when I have that pair of shoes, when so-and-so is happy with me, it's always based and we can't find joy and happiness that way, right? No. Our personal power comes from within us and knowing our innate worth as we are. I just, I just love that. It's based on something outside of each other. So, so I thought the next time we're unhappy, what if we looked at, is this because of me or is it because I based it on something outside of me? Mm. That seems to be a very powerful question to ask. You could even ask it for like, not so much, you know, with being happy, but if I'm feeling less than, yes. am I basing it on something outside of me? Because that was kind of like my example with like, I'm not a good person if my house isn't clean, you know, that yeah. perfectionist ideal, you know, you can base, you know, other things too. Like if you're, you know, even if you're getting angry, is it because of an outside or an inside? You can, you can find that. I have rummaged in my purse more than once and, and felt cookie crumbs in the bottom and thought, oh, you're such a terrible person. What a wreck, you know, <laughs> yeah. talk about being based on, on something outside of yourself, right? Who's going to see the inside of your purse? Come Nobody on. Nobody cares, but it is a classic perfectionist thing. I got to <laughs> tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just, it's got to be based on who you are, that because you are you, you are valuable and lovable. And that's a huge thing. That's where our power comes from every single time is knowing that we are the creators of our own experience. We are different by design. We have all the power inside of us, all the light and love that we need to create the life that we want. 
and that change is a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Those basic things that are the constants in our life. We are important. We are perfect. Mm-hmm. Just perfect. Just exactly. I, as- I love that. And I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, having your house cleaned and all of these, uh, yeah, just as you're talking and it brought me back to a memory Gosh, when my boys were teenagers and life was just insane, crazy, because you're going every which way, you know, we're you're always time. going when you're teenagers. You just yeah, yeah. that's when the purse gets to weight, weighs 15 pounds because your whole life is in there. Yeah, you're it's always right going. there. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I took the day off my birthday and I decided I'm going to take the day off and, um, because my house was just in such disarray and I, I did not feel centered. Like it, it was getting to the point where it was just, it wasn't about anybody else. It was for me. And so I took my birthday and I cleaned my house and it gave me so much joy. It wasn't all yeah. this is horrible or, no. but, and nobody was home because they were at school and I had, Mark was at work and I had the house to myself and I turned on my music and I just cleaned and, you know, and I thought, and I cleaned it to my standards and how I wanted it, but that's what brought me joy and peace. And then that evening we were celebrating and it felt just good and complete and wonderful. So, you know, again, it's, it's all about how we're looking at the perfectionism, right? Yes. So, so for me, that was, that was such a gift. It was such a gift to give myself that, mm-hmm. that ability to be perfect in that moment and that time. So, that is so cool. one of the, one of the things I read recently was about restoration to be able mm-hmm. to be restored. And what you did for yourself that day was the second half of restoration. The first half you have to empty out. And a lot of us empty out why watching um, watching a movie or getting on Facebook or social media or just doing something mindless. We just kind of let all the cares of the day just empty out. Mm-hmm. But then the second half of restoration is doing something you love. Yeah, just doing something you love. And you come away. It's Restoration is not doing nothing. It's emptying out in some way. And then it could be hiking in the woods and hugging a tree, right, Jen? <laughs> it could be cleaning your house. It could be dumping out everything in my purse and making my purse back in order again. But whatever it is, it's something that you do for you that brings you joy and pleasure. First, you empty out, then you do something you love, and then you walk away restored. It feels so good. Um, I found that really interesting because for me, restoration always equated to doing nothing. But it doing right. nothing eventually just makes you feel kind of like a slob, you know, you got to do something in order to feel fully restored. First you empty out, then you fill. And that sounds exactly like what you did. I really, I really like that. And I, the, the second part of that though, is going back to work and people say, no, oh, what did you do to celebrate your birthday? <laughs> and then it, they're like, oh, well, that's terrible. And you're such a perfect. So it was so there was judgment. And so that also spoke to me on the other side is I don't ever want to judge somebody else on what they feel, you know, is restorative. 
Right. So be very careful because the things that might be restorative to you and Jen, they're totally different than what would be restorative to me. So be really careful about what you say, because then it made me question and it took that joy. Oh yeah. Those thoughts away for a little while. Yeah. 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 And so I'll bet it took a little work that back together again. Yeah, because yeah. then it takes you to the victim, and then you're like, wait a second. Yeah. No. And you got to go back and coach no. yourself and get yourself back into creator and do that work. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. I love that about the, about you, though, that you cleaned your house for joy because I feel that. I get that. <laughs> yep. Something about folding a clean towel and putting it away when you haven't had time to be able to do that in forever, you know, <laughs> folding that warm, dry, it smells uh. good good. It's the best. Yeah. And yeah, I get you. But the bottom line is we are important and we are perfect and whole just as we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we really need to remember that and to nurture and care for ourselves daily. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what's coming up because I know we had a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, tomorrow we have coaching clear, but we have a really special coaching clear coming up on the 1st of May which is a Monday night. We're going to do it Monday night at seven o'clock. And we're doing this coaching clear class to help people learn. And it's free. Um, what coaching clear is, what do you get in a coaching clear session? And why should you even care? Which I think is really important. Why should you even care? Because it's wonderful, but you got to come to class and find out why it's wonderful. You can register on cmhcoaching.com. And, um, it's just reserve your seat because it is going to be a great class. So that's coming up. And we actually have a coaching fair tomorrow. Then Wednesday, we have book club, right? Jason, and you guys are still working your way through Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. We are, we are working to be through chapter six this time. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's such great discussions. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So good. So good. And we have a jump start coming up. Now we have a little change in the jump start schedule. <laughs> Normally we have jump starts on Saturday, but Jen has somebody getting married in her family. Yeah. Oh, so, isn't that exciting? And so on the sixth, she's going to be part of the wedding part of that. They're doing shower, right? On the sixth. Yes. Yeah. And they even rearranged it so she could attend. Yeah. So, so we're going to oh. move. We're yep. moving Jumpstart from Saturday morning to Thursday evening before. So mm-hmm. it'll be Thursday, May 4th. We usually have a creation meeting on that night, and we're going to actually do the Jumpstart creation meeting together on May the 4th at 7 Central. And she's still going to teach us, did you know your body can talk? Can you talk mm-hmm. to that a little bit, Jen? Tell us about the Jumpstart <laughs> We're gonna on the 4th. Yeah, we're going to learn just... Um, how wonderful this tool is, this body that we have been given to help us um, with those things that we may struggle with that we don't know what are connected in the sense of like, why is my lower back really hurting me? And we're going to understand my left shoulder. What's your body trying to tell you about possibly what you've experienced in your life, your beliefs, your emotions, things like that. And then, you know, if we tune into our body more and pay more attention to our body, we can actually have a greater understanding of our life experience. And then also um, get into a little bit about how we can ask our body questions and get answers from our body. Interesting. 
going to be really <laughs> cool. It's like mm-hmm. having a superpower to be able yeah. to recognize what's happening in your body and work mm-hmm. with it because your body is your best friend. I mean, she'll go to the mat for you, right? Mm-hmm. To the very end, whatever you need, she'll do it for you. She just will give her all. And so we want to respect and take care of her and learn how to talk to our body. Well, and, and to hear what our body's trying to say before it's yelling at us. Yes. So by the time we're like, oh, that's the problem. It's because the body's yelling at us. Or before, maybe if we just listen to a little bit of discomfort or a pain or a thing here or. That little nagging headache. A little nagging thing. After yeah. you talk to a certain person. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I wonder what that is. Yeah. Mm. And start to make those connections. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And just a reminder, it's on the 4th. Thursday evening this month. Got it. Hey, can I share my screen real quick? Absolutely. Okay, guys, I just want to share with you what to look for when you go, because you are seriously going to want to sign up for that free Coach and Clear class. And when you go up to CMH Coaching, so go back here. Where'd it go? It should pop up. up. It thinks you popped on it. Ah, but it, yes, let's work together. Maybe will it go there? Nope, sorry. <laughs> well, you guys, that's Hold on, I'll go find it. <laughs> it was such, it is such a cute pop up. It is such a cute pop up. Okay, so we'll wait for it to pop up again. Moment by moment. It's on the because but if, if you want to oh, oh, it's going to come up. Well, I, I went out and I came back in. So 50 girls. I'm going to get out of 50, 50 girls. And then that, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Hey, thanks so for joining us today like in a creator-based life. I hope you felt that compassion, mindfulness, and hope you came seeking today. You can find more of it at cmhcoaching.com or on linktree slash cmhcoaching. Of course, yeah, any social media that. outlet. You do want that. And if you ever because you are felt like, oh, the benefit and much in this message, once a week. please yes, invite those you care deeply about to join us. Yeah, yeah. help like us to create a ripple effect like across yeah. the globe but of just, compassion, just go here, mindfulness, guys. and hope. Sign up for then it. we it can create a creative life. That's all I get. Just try it. Have a great week, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. So cool. Bye, guys.